Hey, welcome everybody to the brand new Marriage Monthly Podcast. It's Gabe and Melissa Kolstad. We're excited to be with you. Uh, We're kicking off this podcast because we believe that marriage needs uh, some support right now in this season. And uh, and we really like each other. And so we wanted to talk about (laughs) how that happened and uh, and why we think that uh, it keeps happening for us. Um, And so this is really a podcast just to help uh, ordinary couples have extraordinary marriages. We're kicking off off a series called How to Enjoy Your Marriage. Parenting has to be intentional. Reactive parenting is tough on kids. Uh, Parenting needs to be proactive. And this month, we're in a special bonus session on parenting. Uh, We realized that a lot of the married people who are listening and watching are parents as well. And uh, so we want to deal with some of the most important pieces that we know uh, are like critical to great parenting. Yes. And so we're going to share some memories, first of all. Well... I my parents were awesome, so I'm just going to say that now they they were great yeah, parents. Yeah, have some really yeah, good, have some really good parents. Yeah. So, and uh, I guess a lot of the memories that I have were us going on trips, and for some reason the normal life that we had here was fantastic. But every summer we would go down and visit my grandparents, my cousins, my aunts, everybody down in Oceanside, California. And every time we went down there, we had a routine. So we'd get in the car, we'd go straight to Rice Hill for ice cream. And I've taken my family oh, yeah. there a zillion yep. times. And then we go down to Santanella and we stay the night at the Holiday Inn there. And across the street from that Holiday Inn was the Pea Soup Andersons, <laughs> which you've gone there with me too. And then we go into uh, Oceanside the next day and spend some time with my family. There's a pool around the corner from my Nana's house. My mom would always take me to Buccaneer Beach, which was a place that my mom spent tons of time at when she was in high school and lived there. And so I just have great memories of Oceanside, California. Some of my favorite memories are from down there. Yeah. And I'm laughing because uh, so much of our early marriage was Melissa helping me to relive all of her childhood memories. Yeah. And so we did all the... I didn't want you to miss the, out. I know. We did all these trips and all memories. these same things. And I've been to all these places because she had this checklist and You're we welcome. did them all. Um, and it was great. Um, but, you know, for like for me, one of my uh, memories of childhood was my mom just really, 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 uh, mom, if you're listening, you did such a good job of making holidays and special days really special. She still does. Uh, still does. Yeah. yeah. Even for our, our kids and our family, um, Halloween, um, Easter, yeah, Christmas, huge. I mean, huge food, you know, things, huge decoration things, so creative. Yes. And, you know, I have some of the best memories around simple things like Halloween because things were so creative or Easter because there was so much. She would always dress up. Oh, yeah. Always dressed up. <laughs> always always dressed made things up. really creative. Made and like memorable. a huge graveyard for a cake <laughs> yeah. one time for Halloween. Yeah, really great stuff. So mom so cool. did a great job. Uh, we want to talk today about three commitments for raising kids God's way. And, um, you know, we're committed to at least knowing that God has a way for us to raise kids. We don't always get that right. But one of the things that's helpful is at least to have a North Star, you know, to have yeah. a path, to have a pattern and a plan. And one of the things that we've realized that we need to do in parenting, if we're going to be proactive parents, because, I mean, hey, parenting... Gosh, it's like there's so many things going on. <laughs> From the day you find out you're going to have a kid, yeah, yeah. the chaos never stops. It's like and, tiptoeing through a minefield oh, for like 18 man, plus years. Yeah. 
<laughs> and you know, uh, so we get the reaction thing. All of us do it, yeah. but to to try to tip the curve to proactive mm-hmm. is what we're we're after. So the first thing we need to do is to aim our kids. That's the first thing. Um, if we're if we're thinking about raising kids God's way, and uh, what we see in Proverbs is this really insightful verse. And actually, my dad taught me the meaning of this. Uh, it's Proverbs twenty two six, and it says, "Direct your children onto the right path, and when they are older." They will not leave it. Hmm. And what we find in in the Hebrew, which is behind the Old Testament of the Bible, is actually written in Hebrew and then translated into all the languages. Um, but in the original language, what that says is it says, direct your children according to their natural bent. Right. And I love that yeah. because... It actually is talking about the the picture here is of a tree and how a tree grows, you know, like so a, a tree branch might come out of the trunk and it's going to go a certain way. And what God is trying to tell us is, is that we have to recognize that our kids are going to point a unique direction. And if we can figure out and kind of go and anticipate that and go in front of them a little mm-hmm. bit and, and be there helping them to grow the way that they were designed by God to grow, um, that's called aiming. And um, aiming is, I suppose, in many ways, is, is drawing, you know, the right direction. When you see your kids are, you know, interested in something or they are really good at something or in, in at the same time, really not good at something, yeah. you know, it's really important. My so, kids are good at everything. What do you mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, one of the things that we can do is help them discover their strengths and dreams. And that really comes out of experimenting, I think, more than anything else, which, yeah, let's be honest, is extremely expensive and time-consuming <laughs> as a parent. You're like, oh, finally we can replace the refrigerator. Oh no, piano lessons. Yeah. And so you you know you get the duct tape out and you fix the fridge so that the kids can have piano <laughs> lessons. That's just being a parent. Uh, when I was a kid, my parents, you know, we didn't grow up wealthy or well off or anything, but my parents let us experiment with lots of things, and I'm so grateful for that because uh, one little memory I have uh, of my parents kind of noticing and then commenting and then feeding an interest was uh, my sister and I would play church as a little kids. <laughs> and so, you know, I know it was just kind of simple and silly, but they sort of noticed and, and you know, uh, brought that back up and commented and, and fed that. Right. And it turns out like now I'm a pastor and yeah. I love that, you know. <laughs> And so um, it's just noticing those things. Another thing that my parents let me do is go on a missions trip when I was fairly young. And I love missions trips. I've been on so many missions trips. Our church has been on so many missions trips. Melissa and I have been on missions trips. Our kids have been on missions trips. Like there's something in us that loves traveling, seeing the world, seeing another culture, seeing how other people live, and then knowing that um, around the world there's people that have the same relationship with God that we do. That's so special. And, And so there's all those things. But... I think one of the things that uh, we have to make a commitment to if we're going to aim our kids, it's not just aiming like saying, here's what you should do. I do think that's part of it. I mean, I think there's definitely got to be an authority in our homes. And without that, there's chaos and there's order. And what we know from research actually is that kids crave order. They don't act like they crave order (laughs) and they won't say that they crave order. You know, what they're going to say is, I don't want dinner time. I don't want bedtime. I don't want structure. But when kids don't have structure and they don't have order, it's chaos and they do not do well and they regret it. So I think we've got to make sure that there's a home of order. What we're really talking about is maybe the next level up. That's, you know, let's assume that we all believe we need to have some order and some structure in our in our lives and in our homes. 
Um, now let's talk about how do we aim our kids. We do that by supporting them in the way that they should go. Yeah. You know, according to their natural bent. Um, and one of the things that we feel uh, particularly strongly about is uh, that our kids, we wanted, I should say something that we wanted for our kids because we saw this sort of twinkle in them about adventure. <laughs> and so we wanted all of them to be able to see the world. Yeah. And so we've taken our, we've, you know, that's the thing. We've used more duct tape on the fridge and instead taken our kids, you know, around the world a, a couple of times. And, and we just get second jobs. <laughs> yeah, we get second jobs. <laughs> but and it's worth it. We sell things and, yes. <laughs> you know, we, we go down another level on our cable or whatever it takes. But um, for us, it was important for our kids to see places. So our kids have been to Indonesia and Ecuador and Guatemala and Italy and different places that, you know, really represent different ways of thinking and you know it, it it's made them we think we hope it's made them broader it's made them a little more understanding of others yeah. because they they can see that other people do things differently and that that's okay mm -hmm. um and so this is just part of that aiming thing so as we think about aiming here's a question for you to think about what are some of your kids natural strengths if you could just think about it for a second you know maybe one of them is good at music or maybe one of them is good at organizing things or you know what what do they do when the little kids i remember when our uh, oldest was little dawson he had this thing with those matchbox cars do you remember what he would oh, do yeah. he would take these matchbox cars out of this big bucket and he would organize them in this and he would make this very straight rows of cars and <laughs> and they would all be very organized and to this day, he still does stuff like that, you know, and you can kind of see these things in the kids. So what are some of your kids' natural strengths and how can you encourage them even this week? Well, I feel like we have three kids. So Dawson's 21 and Caitlin is 19 and Caleb's 16. And they're all so different. Mm -hmm. So you can't just be like, this will work for all three of our kids because each kid has a natural bent. And so you kind of got to gear your parenting and your ideas and listening for what their heartbeat is and kind of kind of aiming them each individually because it's not one size fits all with kids as yeah. you know so yeah that's yeah. great so aim them yep. all right the second thing you want to talk about is build them build them up and i want to start out with uh, my first point and build them up is pick your battles hmm. pick your fights i feel like a lot of times parents want to fight about every little thing and because of that kids don't even listen anymore because everything's a big deal to you so who cares and it reminds me of ephesians 6 4 it says do not provoke your kids to anger by the way that you treat them rather build them up with the discipline and instruction of the lord so not everything needs to be a big deal not everything needs to be a fight mm -hmm. to the death you know <laughs> um i was thinking about caitlin so okay she's 19 now when she was 14 or something like that selena gomez got a a uh, music note tattoo. <laughs> and ever since that day, Caitlin has said, I want a music note tattoo. And she's a musician. She's a singer and plays guitar. And so I'm like, okay, that's cool. I, that's great, but not for a long time. And it was no, 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 no. But when she turned 18 on her 18th birthday, I drove her to the tattoo shop. I know I'm a bad mom. And, <laughs> and let her get her tattoo because she had stayed consistent with it. It meant something to her. She was excited about it. And that was her birthday gift. And I, it wasn't something I wanted to argue and fight about. It wasn't worth it to me. I don't personally have tattoos, but she likes tattoos, and that is okay with me. I mean, pick your fights. Pick your battles. Don't make everything a big deal. That is not how you build up your kids, because mm -hmm. your kids are just going to be defensive and frustrated, and they're going to stop talking to you altogether. So don't do that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so pick your battles. Second thing is build their self-esteem. 
This is such a huge topic for me because I feel like insecure kids with bad self-esteem make bad decisions. And that's a fact. And I've seen it Mm -hmm. all over the place. So I really wanted to raise um, our kids. And we talked about this a million times with total confidence. We didn't want them to be prideful or rude or anything like that, but we wanted them to love and themselves and value themselves and really understand themselves as, as a human being. And I feel like my parents did a great job um, with me and my two brothers raising us. They were cheerleaders. They cheered us on. They loved us. They built us up. Encouragement so much. If mm-hmm. you know my dad, oh boy, he's the encourager. And he's just been a light in my life. My mom went to every piano thing I had, every gymnastic thing I had, every softball thing I had, and she was at everything. So involved, so supportive, so encouraging. And that just built my self-esteem. And that was something I wanted with my kids is to be at all of their things, always involved, always in support. They probably didn't like me being at everything, but I was and (laughs) and I am. And I want to be supportive. I want them to look back on their life and say, yeah, my mom was super supportive and she built us up and she tried. And I know that's something that we're really passionate Mm -hmm. about is to build the kids up, give them good self-esteem, let them have the confidence. The world is going to beat them up and it does. It beats us all up constantly. And I feel like that's one thing we can pour into our kids is that they're valuable and they're awesome and they're worthy and they can do anything. And that's just something I'm really passionate about. Also, my dad growing up with each of us kids found something that we would do with just him. And it was like our time with, with my dad. And mine was Sunday morning, Sherry's breakfast before church. We went over to Sherry's, this little local restaurant, and we would have breakfast together every Sunday morning. I could tell my dad anything that was like our time. And we talked and that made me open up to my dad, have a tight relationship with my dad, um, trust my dad that he had my back and that he loved me and they cared for me and that he wanted what's best for me. And I let him speak into me and I just shared my heart. And it was something that I looked forward to every Sunday. So if you can pick a time with your kiddos to um, spend with just them, it's really, really valuable. They need to know that um, you want to be with them and that you love and support them. Even if they say they don't, (laughs) just do it anyways. They need to spend time with you. you got to pour into them. You guys are the number one source that's going to build their self-esteem. And you've got to do that. Be proactive and do that. So build their self-esteem, pick your battles, and then help them discover their identity in Christ. This is really, really important. Um, A lot of people, a lot of young people fall away from Christ and fall out of church um, after their senior year because they haven't been plugged into faith. They haven't been plugged into serving. And that was something we've been so passionate about is getting our kids involved um, reading their Bibles. And we do, we show by example, Mm -hmm. we read our Bibles. And I, I remember this my mom growing up, she would have her Bible and her um, journal and her highlighter sitting on the kitchen table every day. And I can see her. My mom passed away 14 years ago, but I can see her to this day at that table doing her devotions. And I, I do my devotions every day, too. She set the example. She walked it. She talked it. And so I wanted to do that for my kids, for them to see that. And I just think it's really important that she helped me discover my identity of Christ. And I feel like it was our our duty really to Mm -hmm. help our kids find their identities in Christ because all the other identities that they want to plug into are going to fail them. It's never going to work. No other identity is going to work, but being plugged into Christ and being plugged into that source. So for us, um, we want to help them know that they matter, that they're valuable. Um, we did devotions with our kids all growing up when they were yeah. little, and it was so much fun. I mean, it, right before bed, we'd pile everybody in one of our rooms, um, and we'd do devotions, little, simple kid devotions. And we did it for like 10 years oh, when yeah, the kids were young, maybe longer. 
Um, and I really feel like as simple as that was, it just built a the roots and a yeah. foundation for them to understand who Christ is and that all those little nuggets of characteristics and different things that they could learn through that devotion, they did. And they still carry it through. Also help them find their skills and help them use them in the future. All of our kids are involved in ministry. All of our kids are passionate about ministry, about church, about serving God. And I'm so very, very thankful because I know that could have gone the other way so easily. So I'm so happy that they're plugged in. They know who they are. They know who they are in Christ. They know they're valuable. And then they enjoy serving God and being involved in ministry. So I think that's really, really important. Um, We always prayed before meals growing up, and we did that with our kids, too. Mm -hmm. Um, Handed out meals to people in need. Went on hospital visits, so many hospital visits. We dragged Caleb with us to these hospital visits, and everybody always loved to see our little guy with us, and, <laughs> and it was just so much fun. So, But we knew God, and we loved people, and we wanted to be that example to our kiddos, and we just knew that was important, being in the Word, being an example, um, letting them know that God, yes, He's a judge, but He is also a lover, mm-hmm. and He wants what's best for us, and He wants to relate with us and commune with us, and that's important. And I think that's really important with our kids is just teaching them about God, talking to them about God, bringing them to church. Um, this is how they figure out their identity in Christ, so it's really important. Um, so build your kids up by those things. Pick, pick the battles, uh, build their self-esteem, and help them discover their identity in Christ. Super important stuff. That's good stuff. Yeah, and then the third thing that we need to do is to train them. And and so we've talked about you know the other pieces, but there is this training piece like – uh, not not like a trainer at a gym and <laughs> not like a drill sergeant, but somebody with a plan. You know, we talked about right. being proactive. And I love what Deuteronomy chapter 6 says. It's this, uh, cl- it's this classic Old Testament passage that's really kind of foundational for when you think about what does a family, how does a family um, function. And it says this in Deuteronomy 6, verses 6 through 9. It says, And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your Mm. children, it says. Talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road, uh, when you are going to bed and when you're getting up. It's like, talk about it all the time, right? (laughs) Tie them. This is kind of going overboard, but this is what (laughs) the children of Israel did. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your foreheads as reminders. And write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. I mean, like, wow. it's so it's so <laughs> pervasive, right? What Moses was asking the children of Israel to do, if they were going to pass on their faith to their kids, was it can't be, like, sort of hidden, you know? Right. It can't be, um, like, an afterthought. It, it can't be that it sometimes is there and sometimes it's not. It, it needs to be way more a part of their daily experience and not just a part of their day. But, you know, Melissa mentioned the devotions that we did and we did, we loved it, you know, and, but I mean, how long did we do? Like they were three or four minutes oh, yeah. a night, short. you know, they were short cause yeah. it's like kids, right. And there's bedtime, but that was one thing. Right. Yeah. And then there's another thing and you kind of, you can kind of go like, well, let's stack a whole bunch of things together. So if you think about a 24 hour period, like this points out, it's like, you know, you're going to run into it first thing in the morning. You're going to run into it midday. You're going to run into it at at lunchtime. You're going to run into it mid-afternoon and, and at dinner time, And then, you know, somewhere in the evening yeah. and right before bed. Like if there was that kind of rhythm where many, many, many times a day there's reinforcements coming about training us. And I'm specifically talking about training our kids in faith, kind of to build on what you were saying yeah. about build them up in their identity in Christ. Um, but one of the things that uh, I think is so important is um, is to put these things in place and in practice. And 
um, you know, we can't, nobody's going to do it perfectly, but I think what we should aim for is consistently, you know, to consistently do that. And there's a lot of ways we can do this. I mean, um, for those of you listening who uh, have a church background, I want to encourage you about something, and that is be consistent. Um, as we record this, we're still in a pandemic, and coronavirus, COVID, still in a pandemic, which means that many churches right now are not open fully, right? It's like, even like our church right now is open just a little bit, and then the rest of it's online. And um, it's made it difficult for families to stay connected because yeah. a lot of times, you know, our community is part of that rhythm. And so it's it's sort of like we're trying to do this a little bit more by ourselves right mm-hmm. now. And so I want to challenge you, don't do that. Don't do that. We need each other. And so um, if you're a part of a church, if you're close to a church, if you used to be part of a church, get back connected yeah. to that because your kids need this more than you That's know right. right now, especially. I mean, I think we're going to look back on this season and we're going to see a bit of a black hole in our yeah. lives and what we do during this time is so important. And so if you're a parent right now um, in this pandemic, it's so important that you find those anchors for your kids because their whole world just got turned upside down just like yours did. And they're looking for, you know, that stability, that anchor, that foundation. And you can give that to them because there's lots of resources out there. If you're somebody who's exploring faith, and maybe you've got kids and maybe you wouldn't even call yourself a Christian. Um, you're not connected to a church. Uh, my hope and prayer is that you would start looking, start looking for those foundation things that don't change. And I think that's the, the training piece is that you can train your kids in, 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 you know, a career you can train them in a sport. And those are all important things. But um, when you train them in things that never change, that are eternal, that sticks with them through the ups and that's downs right. of life. You know, when they go through a hard time, they're going to have that training. It's going to mm-hmm. be there. It's going to be instilled in their soul. When they have an opportunity to make a difference, they're going to they're going to know how to do it because it's it's there. You know, they're resting on it. So I think that's really important stuff. But a few a few practical things that we've learned, um, just in kind of general parenting training kinds of things in faith, is uh, don't scratch where they're not itching, right. <laughs> but answer their questions. Um, you know, th- you might be thinking right now what I'm what I'm thinking, which is like, okay, the birds and the bees, you know, don't scratch where they're not itching um, because you can bring stuff up too early and then they'll ask questions like, mommy, what's a, you know, and you're like, oh my gosh, uh, you know, how did you hear about that? Where did you hear about that? Um, you know, so like, we've got to be careful to go, well, let's use their curiosity as a guide for what we should be talking about. And the only way you can possibly do that is if you're involved in your kids' lives, right. very involved in your kids' and lives. And if your kids feel safe talking to you. Yeah, they got to feel safe yeah. talking to you. But you've got to know their friends. You've got to know their, their friends' parents. You've got to know their teacher at school. You've got to know what they're learning in school, you know. Um, and because those things change every year. Yep. You can't just assume that, you know, sex ed's going to take place in middle school. That's not how it works anymore. And, and so, um, you know, not just with sex, but with all aspects of life, with money, you know, with the things that they're going to need to know when they start growing older, um, don't scratch where they're not itching, but answer their questions and they'll be so grateful for it. Another thing, don't shelter them. Um, you know, this has been, and I suppose this kind of speaks a little bit to the tattoo thing that you mentioned about Caitlin, but like to not shelter your kids is so important. And I mean, we wanted our kids to grow up. So we specifically chose to put our kids in public school. Um, 
And I remember the original decision was based somewhat on the the freak out moment when we realized how expensive private school yeah. was going to be. And we had a we had two kids now. I was like, wait a second. And I wasn't smart enough to homeschool, so I was oh, like, not going to happen. But but we we actually got some advice from some great friends, John and Jennifer Garrick, and they they walked us through how they were taking their kids into the public school system. And for us, you know, being being Christians, being people who worked at a church. Um, we were so grateful for their advice because they encouraged us just to get involved and integrate. Get involved, you know. Yes. And so Melissa spent so much time in the classroom volunteering. I don't know every week for every week. how many years? All through elementary oh, school, a and lot of years through middle school, and, so many yeah. years. <laughs> and I would go once a month to the cafeteria and um, just have lunch with my kids and go on the playground and just meet their friends and play wall ball and you know. Uh, I, I, I went, I uh, was part of the site council at the elementary school and the, and the middle school got involved and stuff like that and just wanted to be, you know, involved because we wanted to, we wanted to be able to shepherd our kids then through that experience. And yep. so that was really important. Um, and then I think that Melissa's already spoken to this, but help them love the church. Uh, one of the ways you can help your kids love the church, if you're Christ followers, if you're involved in church, speak highly of it. Um, I think one of the things we do that damages our kids is when we bring negativity to situations because we know how to filter that. We know how to handle that. And sometimes we know what we're thinking in our head. But if we say something that makes them second guess somebody or something, um, then they're carrying that weight. And so think about every time you say something negative, you're you're basically handing your kids another brick, mm-hmm. you know, to carry, and they're not always sure what to do with it. And sometimes that creates animosity, and sometimes it creates like a disdain for something that's good. And so I just caution you to speak highly of people um, and make sure that you're, you know, you're moving them in a positive way toward the things that are going to build that, keep building on that foundation. Um, So here's a question for you before we move on. And that is, what are some character traits that you hope to instill in your kids? Mm -hmm. You think about who do you, if you, if they're still a little bit clay and, and they are, um, what are some character traits you hope to instill in them? And how could you go about doing that? What would you begin teaching them? If in five years you hope that they can make really good decisions about what's right and what's wrong, what would you do right now to start that process so that they'll start learning it on their own and be able to be in that place in five years? Um, Those are just some things to think about as we get going. But um, as we wrap up, why don't you um, uh, pray for us? And before we do that, I just want to remind us of that verse in Psalm 127, verse 3. It says, children are a gift from the Lord. Mm -hmm. And I know that it doesn't always feel like that in the moment, you know, (laughs) when it's the middle of the night and you're changing the diaper again or... Um, an there's an argument or (laughs) their teenager. (laughs) Yeah. And there's those times when it seems like you're just not going to, you're never going to get there. Um, if you're not on the same page, but you'll get there. Children are a gift from the Lord and love to have you pray for us. God, thank you so much for our children. Thank you for our three children and just the gift that they are and how wonderful that you are making them into just amazing men and women. And God just be with each parent, I know we often feel like we're failing as parents all the time. God, just give us confidence in you. Help us to be proactive. Help us to be focused. Help us to build into our kids a wonderful self-esteem and just loving and knowing you, God, and that they would just um, grow into amazing human beings, God, and that you would just continue to give us wisdom as parents, as we lead them, as we guide them, that we would be consistent, that we would be good leaders, that we would be a good examples, God, and just thank you for um, for just being a parent, and thank you for our children in Jesus' name, Amen.
I want to encourage you to subscribe to this podcast. Um, it's going to be something that we think is going to add value. want to encourage you to follow uh, uh, the podcast on social media. Share this with friends that you know that are married or getting married and want to have a little bit of a boost. Um, and also want to encourage you to, to check out our church, westsidecommunitychurch.com. Um, this podcast really represents Westside. And uh, join us for Church Online each Sunday. We do Church Online and we'd love to have you join us.